Hey, Zero Block 30 listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Pride members can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. I got Bren, I got Cons, I got Kate, I got Dan, right? I got Dan? Yep. I got Dan in the van with with my friend Kate down in Alabama. Kate um, got with me this week, and she was like, hey, I got an invite from ZBT's DMs. Why don't you tell us what you're doing right now, Kate? Yeah, so currently we are south of Troy, Alabama, and we are doing a 209-mile hike in memory of and to raise funds for the families of the Marine Raiders. And I feel like you could probably explain it better than anyone um, because he knew these men. But do you want to give a quick – this is Daniel Campbell, by the way, who started this whole thing. It's the second annual hike from Auburn uh, University down to Nazar, Florida. All right, here we go. All right, so um, I was in the Marine Special Operations Command from 2009 to 2005, and uh, I served alongside a lot of these guys. And um, when I showed up to the command, there were less than 10 killed in action. Um, and today, there are 43. So it's a, it's a really small, close-knit family, a small unit, and they've uh, you know they've really held a, a very heavy burden and paid a they paid for it with a lot of lives uh, compared to other units. So I just wanted to do something that uh, would pay memory and tribute to my brothers that have fallen um, at home and abroad and uh, try to try to support their families in any way that I could. Because the majority of these guys are not young 18-year-old Marines. They're, they're, they're older. They've been around for a while. And obviously, they've had time to build families. So there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of wives and fiancés. And uh, I, I don't think that we could ever do enough. I mean, I don't think that this one ruck is enough. I don't, I don't think that we can come close to touching what we should be doing for the families. But I just wanted to do what we can do. Yeah, and I think a yeah. lot of times in situations like that, it's not even necessarily the money. The money's great, but a lot of times the families really appreciate that people still care. I know that that's like of all the people that I've known and lost close to me their families are nervous that they'll be forgotten at some point and that their brothers in arms won't think about them. But this type of thing really shows that that's not the case. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, Gold Star families, I think are the most forgotten about faction of our military. Cause once that tie is severed, then no one's there to necessarily think about them always. So I think the, the cause to remember the Gold Star families is, is so very important. Right. Yeah. It's really nice. And when, the event kicked off in Auburn. Um, he had a set of boots out for each of the Marines that were walking for, and they had their pictures on them too. So we all picked up the pictures. We know who we're hiking for, and it's really cool. And as Kate goes through this journey, we're going to um, pin the top tweet of where she's from her journey where it started out in Philly, where she flew down to Atlanta, and then we'll have those links in succession. So if you want to go and read her story and journey more in depth, feel free to do that. That would be great. So, Kate, tell us about your feet. What the fuck's going on with your feet? They are funky right now. I'm not going to lie. I bandaged them up yesterday. So we're hiking in chunks of seven miles. Um, So we're in teams of three. So we hike seven miles, then we stop, hike seven miles, stop, hike seven miles, stop. And uh, I haven't even, like from last night, I didn't even take my shoes off. I'm afraid to. I don't know what's going on. Another guy looked like he had silicone implants on the bottom of his feet. There was like just uh, everybody this morning was like squeezing random liquids out of there. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of squirters, guys. A lot of squirters. Do you guys, uh, yeah, it's... fuck yeah. I love squirters. Do you have a doc there with you too, a corpsman? We do. Well, he's 
Daniel here is sort of our corpsman. He's been patching up feet. Um, And actually, we have a bunch of Auburn U ROTC guys here, too. And they've been stepping up. So in the morning, it's like just everybody, like, helping everybody's feet out and everything. So, yeah. Are are you wearing sneakers, boots? What's on your feet? Or what what are most people wearing? A lot of people are wearing um, sneakers or their Marine Corps boots. Um, Can we call them go-fasters, please? Let's keep this professional. All right. I am wearing a giant pair of granny go-fasters that are not even a brand name. They're like wide as boats, and they're like walking on mattresses, and uh, they like have like little purple lightning bolts on the side. I just fucking love them. I don't know. So, so Daniel, are you out, are you out of the Marine Corps now, Daniel? No, man. I'm uh, I'm still in. Uh, I'm coming up on ten years, and I'm doing a commissioning program here at the university. So, still kicking it. Very nice. I was wondering. I I should have known because you still have the haircut. You look motivated as fuck. Still very proper. Yeah, it's not by choice, man. If it was up to me. I'd- <laughs> Bring the beer hey, back. Hey, Dan, let me ask you. So, obviously, we get the point of what you're doing and remembering these families and remembering those fallen Marines. But how did you land on a 209-mile hike, and or ruck, rather, and why is it a ruck as opposed to something else? Yeah, so uh, I think the biggest thing is um, – I, I was honestly just, I was having a bad day one day. I, I was thinking about um, the Raider 7. Uh, I lost a lot of good buddies I had just came back with um, in that crash. And I, I was trying to think, like, how, like, my family would have reacted if that had been me. I, I don't know. I was just in a dark place. But I just thought, like, hey, I could I could do something. And um, there was actually a 700-mile ruck um, after the crash that a buddy of mine uh, – Cesar and Nate Harris, he put on, and they hiked from the uh, the monument to Camp Lejeune to bring back a paddle with uh, dog tags on it. It was a specialized uh, paddle, and uh, they did that basically to bring the guys home. Um, and I was like, I think that's a really good baseline and something I could build off of and kind of mold it to be my own thing. Um, so uh, I think that this is a little bit more shotgun blast in it. It hurts a lot quicker and a lot more, but those guys did. I mean, they did 700 miles, and they're doing 900 miles this uh, in a few months. They're yeah, going. You guys are only doing 209, you bunch of pussies. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But we're doing it in less than 72 hours. So, can you yeah. explain to us what the significance for the special operations community of the paddle? So, um, there's a lot of myths behind the paddle. So, I'm just going to give you my best understanding of the truth. All right. So, it came. Um, from boat teams and recon teams back in the day and each guy had their own paddle in the boat locker and uh you know not every man is, is built the same their hands are different and they want to hold their paddles differently so they would engrave or they would like you know carve out holds on the paddle and everything and uh kind of decorate it in their own ways but whenever they went to leave um they would break into the boat locker still the guy that was leaving they would steal the paddle and they would present it to him decorated at, uh, at his going away. So it's really uh, kind of your departure gift from the guys. And, and you uh, guys take really... a lot of time of going through that with 550 cords. Like it's it's not something that you just go buy a paddle from Walmart and hand it. It's, it takes a long time to decorate that like pretty intrinsically for each person. And it's pretty cool. Actually, one of the uh, ROTC guys here, he – he was like, yeah, look at my fingers. His fingers were all burned because he was the one who he made them himself in his spare time. And they are beautifully done. So we're carrying paddles 
we have a flag with all of the names of the fallen on it that they're carrying. Um, of course, the Marine Corps flag representing. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just been a great. And another part of the hike, too, I think that's cool is just the camaraderie. Like I haven't I was so excited for this because I can't remember the last time I just like hung out and bullshitted with Marines. And uh, last night or yesterday when we were on a break, I was on top of a van, like kind of taking a snoozer. But I was just listening to the um, ROTC kids like bullshitting and the most random conversations of all time, you know, and I'm like, oh, I miss that. And it's just cool to see how like close knit they are and to get to know these other Marines who. Um, but, yeah, it's just been like a really cool experience so far, despite the pain. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Dude, that's intense. Yeah. Rucking is, I mean, rucking when you're not in rucking shape and you're not, you, your feet aren't used to that level of pounding and you just start to feel those hot spots on different parts of your feet is just got to be miserable. Yeah. And to go from that to dressing nice would be awesome. And you could do that with our friends at Black Tux. The Black Tux is the easy way for guys to rent Tux and Tocitos online. The Black Tux has fresh ideas with new complete looks and suit essentials for all your upcoming spring events and weddings. You could take your style to a new level with the Black Tux. It's the one-stop shop for modern-fitting suits and tuxedos at half the price of even what the normal budget rental companies would offer. Wedding singers is upon us because nobody gets married in the fall time because you're just an asshole. If you make people miss football, you're going to be doing it big, but you got to go out to your buddy's wedding. You might as well have it from the Black Tux because the Black Tux offers all kinds of suits and tuxedos that would normally be wildly expensive to buy, like the Emerald Shaw tuxedo. It's funky, it's cool, and how many times are you going to be wearing an emerald green tuxedo? With the Black Tux, you can do it now. You can blow it out for your big one-time event. So try the new look. Do something different and take your style to the next level. The Black Tux, try on. you can try it on at home to see if it fits free and your quality suit will be there before the event. After ordering, your suit will arrive just 14 days before you go to the event. If anything is less than absolutely perfect, the, blue, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. And remember how simple turns are. returns are. Wear it, turn heads, and then send it back three days after your event and shipping is free both ways. Stand out the night of your event for the reason with Black Tux. To try it right now, you can get 20 bucks off your purchase. Visit theblacktux.com slash chaps. That's theblacktux.com slash chaps for 20 bucks off your purchase. I was surprised that Kate jumped on that opportunity to go down there. 209 miles whenever you're out <laughs> of shape and you haven't rucked in a long time is a long fucking way. It's a long yeah, way. And, and not for nothing – She's not just walking either. She's she's got a ruck on her back that appeared to be, I don't know, somewhere between 20 and 40 pounds. So that just adds to the level of difficulty. So credit to her for, like you said, jumping on this opportunity and, and for such a great cause, as we mentioned. But really proud of her. Yeah, man. She's she's doing great. With This month is uh, Mental Health Awareness, and we wanted to bring on our buddy from Heartland. We're going to do that now. And that interview is brought to you by our friends at Tommy John's. Tommy John's is the most comfortable underwear in the game. I legitimately wear it every day. I ask for more because I'm going to go to Disney's this summer. Last summer when I went to Disney wearing Tommy John's, I didn't have funky balls, which is pretty incredible for me because I'm a pretty funky ball guy. Tommy John <laughs> has quality fabrics and innovative and intuitive designs are a testament to their commitment to providing mind-blowing comfort. It's the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Not many companies do that. I think Tommy John's might be the only one. If Tommy John's isn't the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn, Tommy John's will pick up the tab. Um, in a decade since Tommy John's started, they've sold over 5 million pairs of underwear, and with more than half, of, half a million guys have switched to Tommy John's. As a customer myself, I can tell you firsthand they're worth every single penny. Hurry to TommyJohns.com slash chaps for 20 bucks off your first order. That's TommyJohns.com slash chaps for 20 bucks off. 
tommyjohn.com slash chaps. They really are really good, good underwear. And it's not just the underwear, but like their t-shirts and all that shit. Everything. It's really good too. Everything. Yeah, I've, really sta- I've started quality. to work out and then because their shit is so light, that's what I've been wearing to the gym is the Tommy John stuff. And it doesn't, I feel like I get sweaty and then by the time I'm home, like the sweat's all gone and it, they dry really it's, fast. It's moisture wicking. Yeah. Have you contacted them about making a model with pockets yet? No, we talked about that. A dick pocket at the front, so you don't your hand whenever you stick your hand down your pants doesn't smell like yeah. dick. That would be really. They nice. have the hor- They have the horizontal pocket. They just need to make it a little bit bigger so your hand can fit. I actually and, do like and that. And also add the pockets on the side for your phone. The horizontal sl- slot at the top to make your dick like peekaboo over the top is a lot better than the side one. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> just my experience. All right, here's that interview. At a girl. <laughs> no, I love that clap. Uh, so today we have Ryan Cauley, a special guest who also works at Barstool Sports. And you were triggered on Twitter recently, but we'll get to that. First off, you are also a veteran who works out That's at great. Barstool Heartland. Can you give us a little background about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I grew up um, in Indianapolis. I was a Colts fan, I was, you know, big basketball fan. Um, I uh, moved to Detroit in 2010. Um, and, uh, basically, um, when Pat retired, I decided I was going to do whatever I could to try to get involved with him and everything like that. Um, you're just so, a big Pat fan. You're a big Pat McAfee fan. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big Pat McAfee fan. Everybody in Indianapolis is and, yeah. and still is. Um, so basically he retired. I, I was always a big Barstool fan, even like a year before he retired, mm-hmm. I was listening to you guys, um, when it was just. You know, you know, chaps and cons. And, uh, you know, I started listening to part of my take and all that. And then um, I contacted Sean. I was like, wow, Sean. I was like, dude, I got to I got to figure out a way to get involved with Barstool because of um, just of all the things that they're doing and everything. And then and then Pat retired. And I thought, that's my that's my route. That's how I got to get in this. And um, I did everything I could. I submitted a video. Um, I had worked in production prior. Mm. I had done a lot of stuff. I worked for the Red Wings. I worked. Um, I worked on an episode of Naked and Afraid. Um, <laughs> How was that? Which was, yeah. Uh, fake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Spoiler alert! Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, what was your job in the Army? Whenever you were in the Army, what did you do? I was a 19 Delta Cav Scout. Okay, so yeah. tell the folks listening that don't know what a Cav Scout is. What's your day-to-day operations? What's your primary focus? Well, traditionally, a Cav Scout uh, is reconnaissance. So you, you know, it's really smaller teams of, you know, traditionally smaller teams of like three or four go out ahead of the, uh, you know, the line and, and scout the enemy and then send back, you know, all that data and information and whatnot. Um, now, we all know that when we went to Iraq and deployed, that was totally different. Um, all of our job training and everything just be, kind of changed and we became just a security force or something like that. Um, but to traditionally Cav Scouts are, we pull reconnaissance. Uh, we did a lot of route clearance, uh, presence patrols, stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think Easter people, hunting. I don't think people realize how many MOSs get tasked with doing different jobs. Like yeah. uh, Connor said that as an artillery officer, he, his main focus when he was deployed was not doing artillery shit. Yeah. I, I very rarely fired actual artillery. I mean, the first part I was doing a lot of. Foot patrols, essentially, it was almost as if I was an infantry officer. And I think that's an important distinction because you go over there, you're not really 
prepared to do everything that you ask when you get right. to the theater. Right. You're like, well, you're fucking here, dude. Yeah, like, adapt and overcome. You're going to do it. Yeah. Kate's yeah. background is an MP and then ends up with Marine infantry units in Afghanistan. We're not prepared. Me as an MP dog handler and reconnaissance dudes are like, get into this formation. I'm like, dog, I haven't talked about a <laughs> foot patrol formation since I was an MCT. Yeah. Like, I don't know right. what you're talking. Just point me in the right direction. Right. Luckily for me, I was a dog handler. So get your ass up front. I'm like, yeah. got it. Easy. Easy enough. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Ryan, you still got your, uh, your your spurs and your Stetson? Yeah, I don't. I never got a Stetson, but I did get oh, okay. spurs, uh, combat, combat spurs. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. So you got to earn. So this, you got to earn that spur ride. Indeed, yeah. Indeed. We talked yeah. about that on here before, but go ahead, Chaps. This month is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we have seen – there's really kind of two schools of thoughts on veterans and how they deal with PTSD or how they view PTSD. You can have a group who's kind of forefronted by um, – who's the fucking UFC fighter? Tim Kennedy. Oh, Tim Kennedy, yeah. So who's like, PTSD is not real, it's for pussies, blah, 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 blah. And then you have guys like me and Cons and Kate that we are like, it's absolutely real and you need to take care of it. This week, who was the dude, Kate? What was his name? So this week on Twitter, Carl Higby, he is a Navy SEAL. He was a Navy SEAL. And now he works for America First, which is the primary super PAC dedicated to... um, advancing anyone who supports like advancing candidates who support the agenda of Trump and Pence. So they get elected so they can help the Trump Pence agenda go forward. So he's a big deal in that. But he also went on Twitter this week and said something about um, basically that along those lines, like 75% of PTSD people are faking it um, and a couple other things. And when I noticed Ryan was was beefing with him a little bit, and I started reading what you were saying. And um, do you want to go ahead and talk about what he said and why you reacted yeah. the way you did? Yeah. So uh, part of the reason why I had reacted to the way, the way I did was um, the past weekend I spent in Pennsylvania. We rode uh, with a uh, veteran organization, World Team Sports, and the ride is called Face of America. We rode 120 miles from Valley Forge. Um, to Lancaster, then Lancaster to uh, the battles of, uh, battlefields of Gettysburg. So Monday morning, I'm flying back, and I see this tweet, and I bit my tongue that time and because uh, I was in the middle of catching an Uber and flying home. So um, Tuesday, I wake up, and I'm just like, you know what? This is my job. This is, uh, this is If I'm going to try to be a voice for veterans, this is what I need to do. I need to, to voice this. I need to, to start talking about how this is affecting me. Um, and honestly, I couldn't think of a bigger bullshit waste of time than to fake PTSD. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 for me to sit around and mope and be angry and anxious and nervous and uh, just it's, it's not a fun way to live. It's not a fun way no, to live. No, and I don't know if anybody ever really chooses that. Um, so <laughs> when I saw that, yeah, I didn't directly go at him. Uh, I just wanted the people to know that who have followed me and and you guys, some of you caught on to it. So that's all I really wanted to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this guy, I, I don't really have any politics stance with him or anything like that. I just thought it was it's kind of bullshit, especially since he was a, a SEAL team member and also a guy who's been disowned almost by his entire team and, and people and veterans around him. So. For him to continue that stance is uh, it's bullshit. And yeah. then he, and then two days later, he said he removed the tweet, but still stands by the comments, which is 
a bunch of bullshit. If you yeah, ask that's me. a pussy move too. Um, I yeah. th- I think whenever we talk about the struggle of PTSD, it's because it's a generational divide between older veterans and new veterans, and we see people who are killing themselves at the highest rate is not even post 9-11 veterans it's vietnam vets it was korean vets but those went largely undiagnosed diagnosed they went unsupported by the veteran association because people thought that they had to keep things a secret for so long you had the Mm -hmm. idea of having the thousand yard stare or shell shock or trench warfare all of that went into it it was a rose by a different name and to have somebody who has a veteran voice diminish those when we're still combating 20-a-day suicides is, to me, despicable. It's dishonorable. I feel like it is one of the most bullshit stances that you can take as a veteran with a voice that to say 75% who are actively going at – I would say that the numbers who are have PTSD and diagnosed isn't high enough. Not that 75% are faking it because you want to have that strength. I know all of you who are serving in the, who have served in the room know people who don't want to go to the VA because they feel like <laughs> the VA yeah. is a bullshit weakness in a lot in a lot of ways that they they don't want their diagnosis, they don't want their disability rating and the disability rating is called something bullshit. Mm. It's not a disability. Like it's not a disability, it just allows you to receive treatment for the rest of your life based mm-hmm. on that, yep. which yep. is something yep. that you deserve. I feel like the VA, if they want to make a change, and says you don't have to be a veteran with a dis- with a disability rating. If you have a mental health care issue for the rest of your life, you can come here and we will treat you. Yes, yep. And and chaps, I've talked to a guy. I talked to a Marine yesterday um, who DM me. He lives here in Michigan. Who was saying that he for that that exact same story that you just told was that he doesn't want to go to the VA because. Uh, he's a, a scared of the pills that they're going to make him take. But mm-hmm. I told him, I said, you know, they're not going to force anything on you. Um, but what it's going to do is going to get you in the system and then be part of the data and also and then increase the numbers and the awareness of, of uh, what we're all trying to accomplish here. So. Yeah. And I have to go back. It is. I honestly with the listeners, since it is Mental Health Month, it is a pain in the ass. I've oh, been diagnosed yeah. with TBI, with traumatic brain injury. I I have cognitive disability with limited functions for short-term memory, and it really affects like how I view things. I almost have gotten to the point where instead of going back and reliving, rehashing every single thing that led up to that diagnosis, because when you go in there, they say start with the beginning of your deployment, mm-hmm. and you have to tell them the stories over and over again, and I have to do it next week. I have to go back again for a reevaluation next week, and I've had to do it once a year since I've gotten out. And it is something that I dread. I think about it for weeks in advance. The moment that I get that call, the moment that I get the letter in the mail, it's difficult because I know I'm going to have to describe in details, explain to us some of the most horrific things that you saw. And you have to work through it. And they do it because it's a form of exposure therapy, but that doesn't make it any easier. It is a very difficult process, and that's something that we need to work on as the veteran community. Stop it, man. Like When you're trying to suppress it in a good way, when I feel like there's times that I've moved by it a little bit, having to go back and think about it for weeks in advance is difficult. Mm-hmm. And I it think, almost pushes you right back into that. Right, yeah. right. And, and Ryan, I think part of the problem, if not the, the biggest problem with what happened on Twitter with you and, and uh, this gentleman Higby this week is he is perpetuating that stigma. And I think that is the hardest yeah. thing that we are dealing with as a veteran community 
with dealing with PTS is the stigma that if you have it, something's wrong with you or you're weak-minded. And you know what? Hand up. When I was younger and before I deployed, I I saw guys coming back and I thought, like, oh, if you're dealing with PTS, you must just be mentally weak. And I had always considered myself a really mentally strong individual. And I was going to be able to handle my deployment no matter what happened. I was going to come back and I was going to be fine. And I was lying to myself for a good portion of my life when I did return. And it wasn't until I internally broke down that stigma for myself and decided, all right, maybe I need to go get some help. And it's only recent that I really started to dive into it and really get some help. And as recent as a few months ago, I personally I reached out to Chaps via text because I was having – some issues with with anger and and mm. chaps was able to help me with that but this guy higby is making it hard for guys yeah. he's he's making guys feel like they don't want to go get help because they don't want to admit that there's something wrong with them there's nothing like especially those guys that are on the cusp of deciding like okay is this something that's really affecting me or is this something that i want to get taken care of or is this something that I'm worried that that uh, that person may be worried of the 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 look or the stigma that it's going to appear to him, or what it's going to make his family members think about him, or who knows? It could be anything, but it's all in your own mind, mm-hmm. and it's part, and that's also part of the PTSD is that you just you're unwilling to maybe accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of want. It's, it's like anything with it's a, it's because a of fuck. yeah, because of mental health stigma, like anything that's going on mentally. You don't want to admit it. Like we have listeners that are struggling with depression or anxiety that could be crippling, and they don't want to admit it because the stigma is behind it. To me, I view it just the same thing as you would if you have chronic diarrhea. You got to go to the fucking doctor, man. Yeah, get some medicine. Like you got to go to the doctor. You're not just be like, well, fuck it. People think it's a weak stomach if I have diarrhea. No, dude, it's a medical condition. Yeah. Go to the doctor, take your pills, get some treatment for it. Even if you don't want to take pills for PTSD, you still got to talk to somebody. Even if you have diarrhea, Mm -hmm. you don't want to take pills. Maybe you need to speak to somebody who is a dietitian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like what you need to do to adjust. Yeah. I am a proponent of, of not taking medication. That's a personal preference. I, I Same. didn't when I went to the VA, it, it was funny when I, I told them all of my problems initially and I filed my first claim. They're like, well, we can prescribe you this, this and this. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You really barely even know me and you're ready to just shove a bunch of pills down my throat. No, thanks. I don't want to get dependent to live a normal life on pills. And I, I found for me, at least just speaking about it and coming to grips with the things that I've had to deal with is okay. And that really is a big help. And it you is. Know. I was opposite. They're like, uh, what, what do you think about taking this? I was like, send it over, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see what this does. Cool. Uh-huh. And, the, and it's kind of, it's kind of shitty too, because that's how they view their disability rating. Right. So if you take, yeah. if you take Prozac or if you take, um, any of the ones that is a mood suppressor or anything, they bump you up. Like right. if you have to take this kind of pill, you get a higher disability rating. If you choose to go alternative and just go through more counseling, group counseling, they're like, "Well, if you're not choosing the opiates, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it must not be that bad." Yeah, you could be, you can right. live a normal life. Like I do that with my brain injury stuff. I get headaches constantly, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, you're turning down the." 
codeine. And like, so it must not be that bad. I'm like, I just don't want to fucking take right. codeine every right. day. Dude. Yeah, you're right. like, no fucking dub turn us down. Well, you guys are missing out. I am rolling in that extra yeah. disability cash. <laughs> well, and I they am don't walking on. They sunshine. don't offer you the codeine like cough syrup. They offer it in like the pill form. It's not nearly as fun. If I can no. mix it with Sprite and start listening to like Kevin Gates on the side, then I definitely <laughs> do that. And you know what? The other thing too, I think I think we need to mention that this gentleman, I think he has a responsibility as someone within the special operations community. Because, obviously, as outsiders, people view our special operators, rangers, SEALs, what have you, as, you know, t- tip of the spear, rightfully so. And the they're supposed to be, yeah, the baddest, the, the, <laughs> the baddest and most tough. So, if they can be the ones to say to the public, hey, it's okay to have these mental issues, and I'm a Navy SEAL, and I'm an Army Ranger then that, I think that would go a long way to break down that stigma. They're like, oh, my gosh, this Navy yeah. SEAL is saying it's okay to, to deal with these issues and it's very prevalent. Well, maybe it is okay. And I also don't like these special operators on the flip side of things to – and, Chaps, you've talked about this a little bit to, – to use their combat as sort of like a qualifier to make them the end-all, be-all authority on all yeah. things military-related. Don't get me wrong. They are very skilled – Tacticians, they are great warriors, great soldiers, great sailors, but that does not give you the authority to know everything about mental health. If you want to have a Navy SEAL right. come on and be like, explain to us how to breach this door on yeah. Fox News, <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. By all means, take their Let's word go. over right. just yeah. about anybody. Right. I mean, them and Delta are the best at doing that kind of shit. Yeah. But and if I- it's about large scale tactical movements, large scale, like, they even go on and opine about multi-theater operations. Mm-hmm. Like, Doug, you were a fucking E7 in the SEALs. You don't know right. shit about <laughs> right. that. Like, that's not mm. – I'll talk about it because that's my job. Like, I'll do it. Right. And I, but I don't know fucking shit about multi-theater movement. I don't know how – what President Trump is thinking. I We hear the news about North Korea letting it go, like letting all the prisoners go. That's fucking outstanding. That's great. I don't know the ins and outs on where that leads or right, anything right. like that. Right. And to go on and be like, well, actually, I was a Navy SEAL or I was a reconnaissance Marine or I was a, just a regular Marine in general. You don't know, dude. Like, yeah. You don't know. You're so, not an expert on everything. Right. You're, you're a Navy SEAL. That's great. But you're going to tell me all these doctors and scientists who have studied extensively, studied the brain, studied behavior and all the – Science and medicine behind PTS, you're smarter than that. No, the, the fact remains you are not smarter than all of the education that is out there now on this topic. And the last point that I'll make about this dude, because I don't want to spend an entire episode shitting on this guy. I do. Yeah, yeah. I actually do as well. But <laughs> the fact that he said, I have tons of friends who are killing themselves in the same tweet that he denies right, that yeah. PTSD is real is the biggest oxymoron I've ever read. Yeah, he just it's, it's unbelievable. Just to follow up on it, what I think pissed Ryan and, and I both off was that he said in another tweet, he's like, I deleted that comment, but I made those comments on a vet hosted show with a veteran audience and I am an ambassador to and involved with many veteran groups. So that's how I can right. accurately make these comments. And he has yeah. over thirty two thousand followers on Twitter where he's saying yeah. these things and like you said, people who don't know don't know. Right. And that's why I'm gonna say it. You're a doo-doo head, Carl Higby. Oh, I'm shit. I'm not a fan. <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah. Official doo-doo head alert. Official <laughs> doo-doo head alert. But, well, but he has I that mean, responsibility. 
You are an yeah. ambassador, Carl. You are. So right. use that for a good cause and, and go in a better direction yeah. than trying to shit on people who are trying to get help. So where, where do you go from here? Where do, you, where do you think we should go from here? We're going to smash his mailbox, right? Yeah. Um, okay. I say we just uh, we recruit his former team members, and they just go out and harass him on a daily basis, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> don't really do that if you're listening. I, 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 yeah. think, I think Kate just wants to go to his house and light a bag of dog poo on his porch. He, yeah. he called the shit poop. <laughs> so explain to us. We'll, we'll shift gears again. Explain to us a little bit about what your role is at Heartland and what, what you do there. Yeah, so um, at the beginning of the year, uh, I had spent the whole past year in Indy, and I currently live in Detroit, own a home in Detroit. Um, and so at the beginning of the year, Pat Pat said, called me in his office um, and was just like, hey, um, right now, time is now. I want you to, to uh, focus on military veterans, you know, boots on the ground type stuff. You know, go and, um, you know, like I was doing this past weekend, go showcase an organization that, that's trying to do good for veterans. Um, and, and I met so many people this weekend that um, I, my, my idea was to just blend in a little bit with the crowd. I mean, nobody knows who I am, but I, 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 was just, I didn't want to talk about exactly what I do. I just wanted to meet these people and then kind of have them, you know, kind of figure out what I'm trying to do on my own. And um, it's uh, this past week, ever since I had that, that Twitter rant, I've had multiple people reach out to me and, and, you know, thank me and Pat and, and everything that, you know, Barstool is really trying to do because we have like an opportunity, especially with our, at our age group and our, uh, you know, the people around us, I feel like we have a really good opportunity to change the stigma that's going on. And, um, it, it, like, Last night when this guy reached out to me about, you know, whether or not he should to go to the VA and stuff like that, I was like, brother, you got to go. You got to go. And if you don't like the opiates and you don't want to take the pills and stuff like that, that's fine. But you got to go out there and at least be able to, to, to have the opportunity to maybe get to a therapy session or, or you know, to, if you want to talk to me, my DMs are open. You can reach out to me and talk to me anytime you want. I will definitely, I mean, I'll go paragraphs with these people if I have to, you know, whatever I can to, to talk them down from the ledge. Um, I think that goes the, the, for all of us. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, our yeah. DMs are I, I, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, a really important thing what you're doing and bringing out issues and because it is it is a hard thing to do. when you. I don't think people realize how hard it is to make that first step because the stigma is there so much. And you have it when you're in the military and they talk about, mm-hmm. oh, it's not going to affect your career, and everybody knows that's bullshit. Yeah, it's going it to. It is. <laughs> you will get discharged if you have a certain level of PTSD diagnosis. You absolutely hey, hey, will. Chaps, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're talking about guys that were – uh, had done, done two or three tours, and in between, maybe that first or second tour, that second and third tour, they may have gotten a, they may have gotten divorced. It may have started a major drinking problem, all because of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Then they get, di- and then they get dishonorably discharged because they never got that diagnosis. And now a lot of these guys are still trying, are trying to fight for that that honorable discharge, just so they can go to the VA and then be seen. I mean, there's probably thousands of people, maybe I don't know. I'm estimating, but I feel like. Once those people are allowed to to get thrown into the system and get, you know, that that honorable discharge that will allow them to get the disabilities that they deserve, they'll finally be able to to get that help. Probably a lot of the people that are committing suicide are the people that are fighting so hard um, and and feel misunderstood because 
they were kicked out of the military because of those reasons. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like you should be able to get mental health treatment if you're a veteran at any time, no matter what your discharge status yeah, is. Yeah, I don't care what the disability yeah, rating is. You can is. have a dishonorable right. whatever. And getting a dishonorable discharge, for those that don't know, it's pretty difficult. Like, you yeah, have to go is. to a general-level yeah. court-martial to get a dishonorable discharge. Right. And it takes a lot to get there. So there's not many. There's not many. I would say... It's got to be less What's, than 0.5% get a dishonorable discharge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Unless you are What do they call it? QCMJ. Less than honorable? Yeah, you have le- yeah. other than honorable conditions. Other than honorable. Uh, you yeah. have honorable. You have general discharge. And anything below general is where you struggle with VA. Yeah. I think they should take that away. Bad conduct and dishonorable discharge, if it's a yeah. mental health issue, should definitely be taken care of as well. Thank you so much for taking your time to join us. You're welcome back anytime, dude. Anything that you hey, guys, guys are doing at Heartland and you want to talk about it with us, you are welcome to yeah. come back on the show anytime. I appreciate you guys. And uh, hey, if I can get some, if I can get any of you guys to come and do some of these organization stuff with me, that would be great. Yeah, dude. Let us know. Awesome. Let us know in advance, and we would yeah. be happy to. That would be awesome. awesome. And you can follow him on Twitter at Wiz Khalifa, but not the rapper one. At W I Z. Cauley, C-A-U-L-E-Y-F-A. There we go. Yeah. Boom. Thanks again to Wiz for coming on the show. He's doing great thing. He was on the Pat McAfee show and sitting in down from Michigan to be hanging out with those fellas, and he did great on there. I love seeing veterans do big-time shit, and Wiz is one of those guys who's really kind of coming to his own, not just on the podcast and on shows, but on social media, developing his voice, and it's good to see. Yeah, and I think that's what is important is that he is being vocal about his own struggles. And I think just from speaking from my own experience, that is very therapeutic. And now that he sees how helpful that is, he's continuing to take it one step further and trying to change the the message, change the stigma. So it really is a fantastic transition that he's making and really coming into his own, like you said. And his story about McAfee's trying to get him hired so he can do all kinds of stuff for veterans is awesome that Pat's taken that initiative to do it for him. If you want to hire good people, you should go to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire every single business. These great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and praying for the right people to see it. Are you hiring? Post your position to job sites and waiting and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. You don't have to do that with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter knew that there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right people and the right jobs and the right candidates just for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a a quality candidate in the site in just one day. That's right. Candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes are trusting ZipRecruiter to further all their hiring needs, and you should too. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash zero. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash zero. ZipRecruiter.com slash zero. ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire. Big news this week all over the globe. I want to be the one who gives President Trump a huge shout-out for getting the guys back from North Korea. No matter what side of the political aisle you fall on, that's big fucking news. One of those guys had been in there since Obama was president, and two of them have been in there since January. It's just terrible to see. Glad to have all those guys back. Seeing them get off the plane, hearing Mm -hmm. um, Vice President Pence talk about that they hadn't even seen the light of day in months, just going through it. I don't know if you – do you know a lot about the labor camps and what they do? I 
A little bit. I, I'm, we've had we had a previous guest who who went into it a little bit, but if you want to expound on it, feel, please feel free. Yeah, I was watch. I was reading some stuff about it this morning. Those guys that are in the labor camps, the far northern labor, labor camps, is where they suspect these guys were being held. They work for twelve hours or more a day. The mm-hmm. only thing that they have as a source of nutrition is water mixed with cornmeal. Ugh. So basically nothing. Seven days a week. 12 hours or more a day doing hard labor with that's your only source of nutrition. I mean, it's unfathomable to think about how bad conditions are in North Korea. I mean, that's comparable to POWs from Vietnam. If I would go so far as to say that it really is inhumane. And the, the fact that these guys came home and to see the elation on their face is a really good positive. And I, I, Applaud you, chaps, for the blog you wrote and for giving President Trump his due here. And I I certainly hope that people who do not support President Trump, his policies, the things he says, can at least acknowledge what a great feat this is to get those prisoners back on American soil. Because at the end of the day, Republican, Democrat, whatever th- those gentlemen are were americans so it was very important to get them home and, and really is impressive that he was able to accomplish that yeah and i feel like you lose all sense of credibility if you can't point to things like that and say this is a good thing not everything yeah. that happens is bad and if you, you lose credibility if everything is bad or you try to find a bad side of everything it is objectively a good thing that people americans who are prisoners in north korea were freed if you can't give the president credit for that then it's probably time to close up shop yeah and the other thing that i've seen a little bit now on twitter people are comparing it to when president obama got bo bergdahl but he traded five got no don't 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 compare that let's just take this incident on its own and let it stand on its own and let's just take it for what that is no need to compare it just just like when it, President Obama it, had prisoners released from North Korea, it was a great thing because I think right. he had nine or ten over the course of his presidency. Getting these yeah. three guys is great too. I mean, it's just we, it we just don't need is. to right. We don't need to poo-poo on President Obama to prop up President Trump, and and that's what I'm starting to see on the one side. No, just just take it as an isolated incident and, and say, really wow, that was really great. Like, oh, President Obama can yeah. never. Like, well, he actually did. <laughs> like, he, yeah, he did people that have too. short memories. People, yeah. I mean, no, people right. just want to turn it, everything into an argument when it not, there is certain issues that we should be able to rally behind altogether. Mm-hmm. Getting Americans free when they were captured by North Korea is good. And can Americans just fucking stop going to North Korea? God damn, dude. Just yeah, stay maybe, the fuck maybe out. Maybe don't do that. But, but as we saw today, President Trump announced that he will be meeting with Kim Jong-un in Singapore on July 12th is the date that that was set. Or June 12th, sorry, yes. Uh, June 12th. I I think that's really impressive. If they they can get that to happen and follow through on that commitment, I think that really is a great step in the right direction, uh, building on what Secretary Pompeo has already been able to do. It's unprecedented. And again, I think... We don't need to poo-poo on president or previous administrations and what they've dealt with with North Korea. We just need to focus on whatever it is that President Trump hopes to accomplish when he sits down with him. Yeah, and we got to watch with bated breath because we don't know what's going to happen, what's going to be given up, yeah. or what they're going to do. Yeah. You never know. North Korea is very unpredictable, so you never know. But it's mm-hmm. a good development. I mean, if you're moving towards a non-nuclear state in North Korea, I feel like that's a good thing. 
Um, a lot of other big news going on. I, and then President Trump has all this big news. Everything's going his way. And then he tweets about crying Chuck Schumer. It's like, get out of your yeah. way, man. Control one news cycle that's good for you, dude. Like, he could have yeah. had great news. Anybody with a logical brain say, this is a good 24 hours. And then he starts tweeting about crying Chuck. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Like, get out of what? your own way. I do. I, I do. I always do chuckle at the nicknames. I mean, they're they're very unprofessional to uh, ask the president to give all these other individuals nicknames, but they just kind of make me chuckle. But I 100 percent agree with you. Just let this news be above the sit on everyone's plate. Yes. Just, I mean, yes. 72 hours. Be better than it. Just don't tweet for 72 hours or just tweet, right. keep tweeting pictures of the North Korean captives who got to be released. And that's a win for you, man. But you got to start tweeting about crying Chuck. He, he need, I think he just needs to stop thinking that he needs to respond to everything. It's okay if he he could not tweet the rest of his presidency, and that would be okay. I don't need to get his opinion about everything publicly via Twitter. You know whether he wants to give us information uh, in other ways that that's his prerogative. But he doesn't need to respond to all the trolls. Is what I'm saying. No. He doesn't. And if you want to respond to all the trolls who said that you wouldn't win money with my bookie, you just got to show them because there's going to be some Western Conference Finals coming up, Eastern Conference Finals. Hockey's about to start back up in the playoffs. So if you want to win money, go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code zero for a 50% bonus when you deposit. I would only recommend a website to my listeners who have been good to me. If you want to experience a Las Vegas-style sporting book gambling from the comfort of your living room, mybookie.ag is the only place that you'll want to check out. They offer pretty much every single sport league in the world, including eSports with League of Legends and Counter-Strike. In addition, you can get into casino games like Blackjack, Roulette, Craps, or Slots. Mybookie.ag has it all. Not to mention you can play all their games on your cell phone, iPad, or tablet computer. It's entirely up to you. You can play literally from anywhere. So if you want to get on the action this summer, go to mybookie.ag now and sign up with them using promo code ZERO to ensure that you're eligible for all our future promotions and bonuses. Visit Las Vegas from your couch and try them out today. Once again, that's mybookie.ag using the promo code ZERO. Any save rounds, alibis? So as we saw our pal Kate indulge in an MRE, and somebody was giving her a hard time about heating it up versus just eating it cold. What was your preferred method when it came to MREs? Heating up, eat it cold, mix of both, depending on the meal? Uh, depending on what my workload was like, honestly. If I was really yep. tired, I wasn't going to do it. If I was just bullshitting around, I knew that we were in a waiting pattern for a long time. I would probably heat it up just to be fucking around with the heating pad just because they're kind of fun to fuck with. Yeah, that was like almost like a toy. It was like a cool little science experiment. And the best part about the MRE is that it gives you instructions on how to operate the heating portion of the MRE. And I swear it verbatim, and we probably get a picture of this, but it says lean the MRE tilted up against a rock or something. Yeah. Which is just perfect microcosm of the military in general. But I agree. I was the same way. If, if I had a bunch of time, why not heat it up? But otherwise, I'm just throwing it down my gullet because no matter hot, cold, MREs are just never that delicious. Yeah, the only ones that are good, I think that some of them make a huge difference if they're warmed up. Some of them are just bad. Yes. Like the hamburger one is yeah. bad no matter what. Um, <laughs> yep. The roast beef or pot roast, that's good. Like heat it up. That one tastes mm -hmm. all right. The chicken tetrazzini, better when it's heated up. Um, the You couldn't eat the cells, eggs cold. 
I don't think you can eat the eggs. I'd rather fucking not eat any of the eggs. (laughs) Any of the breakfast ones, get the fuck out of here. I'd rather have roast beef for breakfast than the (laughs) disgusting ass ones or the vegetarian one. I think that's what Kate was eating on her Instagram story. She was eating a vegetarian one, and that those are just horrific, horrific. (laughs) So that's all I got. Yeah, not much else here. Busy week. Shout out to Radio Brand producing high haters every night. Long, long nights, long days. Yeah. How's that going? How's how are you adjusting to that schedule? It's good. Yeah. It is a lot of talking. Like it's a lot of talking throughout yeah. and doing podcasts with doing Podfathers and ZBT too. And then trying to stay on top of the blogs. It's something that I've, I'm having to get used to because I'm mm-hmm. used to starting working, like starting blogging at six thirty or seven to get the blogs in the shoot. And then it's like all day and I got to work until 11 o'clock, 1130 at night here. So it's, creates a long day so figuring out how to do my schedule where it makes sense for everybody involved is it's a work in progress for sure and it's it's been a serious grind for me but luckily like i've got a few co-workers here and there helping pick up the slap I'm, I'm obviously still very involved in barstool radio but i mean i'm not getting home until like 1 2 o'clock in the morning and then yeah i walked in i gotta tell you brett you look tired you, i mean you look i'm tired, tired. You'll get i mean used i got to my it. coffee but i mean this isn't you know I was I was born in the darkness. <laughs> I didn't see the light until I was only a man. So this, oh, is, a this grind reference. is not new to me. <laughs> that's a great yeah, reference. It's definitely a grind, man. But I mean, it's a. I'm glad to have the grind. It's great, and the high haters callers have been right. great. If you haven't listened to it, check it out on on demand on Sirius. Check out the podcast version. It's fun. It's different than anything else that I'm doing right now. So I really I'm really having a great time with it. Anyways, I think that's it for the show. Shout out to Wiz again for coming on, man. He's a great dude. Anybody, it takes a lot. Oh, of, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I just want to reiterate. We have never not responded to a DM. So if you need someone to talk to, please reach out to us. We will talk to you and do everything we can to help you, if, if it, even if it's just someone that you need to vent to. Um, please feel free. There we go. Sound the retreat. <laughs>